I'm Scott Blakeman getting through this in Manhattan. And I'm Saunders in L.A., where months ago on this podcast, I relived a memory of my near brush with history in the year 1960. My idol, John, he spoke in my small hometown of Libertyville, Illinois, while he was campaigning for president. And I didn't go see him. Why? Because I was in fourth grade. School was in session, and I was supposed to be in class. So, of course, I, I feared a truant officer would spot me in the crowd, and I would be hauled away in handcuffs, shaming the young senator from Massachusetts and po possibly spoiling his chances of becoming president. Some, some might not believe this story, because how could anyone be alive and still be old enough to have seen John F. Kennedy in person. And ironically, I didn't see him in person. That's the point. But lately, it's got me thinking about how I've never met a truant officer either, or, or ever known anyone who has. Were truant officers like the Tooth Fairy or the Sandman? Or is it a lie that adults told children to control us? Now I'm hesitant to befriend a truant officer. I, I fear he would ask me if I wanted to ride along, which would be boring and it would be awkward trying to turn him down or her down, making up an excuse. Yeah, I know I said I'd ride with you as you hunt down kids who should be in school, Officer Muldoon. And it sounds exciting, but I'm slammed today. It sounds exciting. No, it doesn't. It sounds boring and creepy and lying would be a bad way to begin a friendship with anyone not just a truant officer. But I have to say, at the end of the day, now that I'm older, I'm glad there are no truant officers whose job is to catch grown-ups and make us take adult education courses. Well, to our young eyes, the image of a truant officer was that of a gigantic, shadowy figure from a World War II poster warning about something. I mean, they were all-knowing, all-powerful, but to this day, also, I know of no one who has ever actually encountered one. I, I did some online research and it led me to the discovery that they apparently do exist in Indonesia, hired by the provincial government and not by the schools. And these truant officers in Indonesia prowl shopping malls looking for kids in school uniforms, which is a dead giveaway, frankly. I mean, had they just swapped their school uniform with a business suit, perhaps they'd go unnoticed. But they actually do arrest the truants in Indonesia, which makes me breathe a sigh of relief that I didn't attend school there. Scotty, I'm breathing a sigh of relief that you didn't attend school there. Just now, I breathed a sigh of relief. You know, unlike other podcasts, we don't just talk about what awful thing happened. Sometimes, like just now, we dwell on the awful things that haven't happened and could never happen. And it makes us feel amazingly happy about what is happy. Happening. Another example, our life would be way worse, way worse if mankind's only writing implements were chalk and blackboard. That's right. No laptops, no texting, no pen and paper. Imagine a world where every time you wrote something down, you hear the crack, crack, crack of a chalk on slate. Imagine when you wrote a letter to someone, you would fear the mailman would smear off the address which had been written on the uh, in chalk on the slate envelope. Now, return to reality and realize that even in classrooms, they don't use chalk anymore. 
Instead, teachers use dry erase markers on whiteboards or, or they eschew both and, and use overhead projectors. Whew. I don't know about you, but I feel a million times better. And that's millions with an M and an I and an L. Tommy, when you brought up chalk on a blackboard, I have to say, I thought you were going to reference that horrific, and I, I get the chills even saying it, nails on the blackboard. I'm so relieved it's, it's the not upsetting at all chalk on the blackboard. It's, I, I frankly admired my teachers and fellow students who could write well on the blackboard. I, I, I couldn't quite do that. Sure, the chalk was messy, but then, then you had that magical eraser. And in my elementary school, I was often dispatched to the eraser room, which actually the door said in the kind of a Windsor type font, uh, eraser room, where a forlorn public school employee was tasked with cleaning those erasers. And I remember the room being a little scary. And, and it's fair to say that the eraser room, I hope, is a distant relic of PS195's past. So like you, Tommy, I'm relieved that we have had many other writing implements over the years and that I never had to carry chalk at a large blackboard to Starbucks. What an, a wonderful eraser anecdote, Scotty. And rarely can anyone say that. Uh, you show us that your superhumanly upbeat attitude goes back to elementary school. Many of our listeners may be smiling and exchanging sentimental glances as they recall how, for most teachers, cleaning the eraser was supposed to be punishment for their students. Forced labor for whichever naughty student had to stay in after school for being deemed a troublemaker. But elementary school age Scott Blakeman found cleaning erasers a good thing, perhaps, perhaps even an opportunity to develop a talent. Yes, yes, I say a talent. After all, does not clapping two erasers together require just as much skill as clashing cymbals in the New York Philharmonic? In the end, <laughs> our chalk, our blackboards, and the eraser experience has taken us somewhere wondrous and purely American in a way that brings to mind Tom Sawyer and whitewashing the fence, or Br'er Rabbit and the Briar Patch. And the fact that both are old works of American literature now considered problematic, well, your story of enjoying clapping erasers may one day replace them on the school bookshelves. Yeah, I remember the clapping erasers, which really didn't accomplish anything. It just put the chalk dust more in the air. And I'm trying to recall the situation because would the teacher have handed me more than one eraser? think so there were only maybe like a couple stationed on opposite ends of the blackboard and then i don't remember i feel that there was a guy there which i i feel would have been one of the worst jobs ever to sit in that little room. <laughs> i don't i don't remember uh a, a, an eraser machine that i would have actually done anything with so i just felt like i gave it to the guy and oh, he did it, I, but i just don't recall all right there's so many questions let's yes. start uh, 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 there's so much to unpack there scotty uh let's start with did your, it, 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 this is what's, what I was commenting on in, in my previous comment about um, normally it's considered a punishment, but it sounds like it was not, it was, it was, it was a uh, task you relished. Well, I think I was helping out and any, any chance to get out of the room. Well, of course. That, that was a key so thing. We, this is we, elementary we, school where you were in that same room all day. Oh God. Yeah. To get out. And it really did say erase the room. That's, I'm not, made, that's the next thing to unpack. That yeah. your school was so, uh, 
I guess I don't know. It's so big, uh, that uh, or or that it's just something from the past uh, that there would be a, an eraser. I know that we and none of my schools had a de- designated eraser room. You had school supply room, but all era- there was an eraser room. Oh, I, it always stayed with me. And it's funny. I, I I looked went online to see if anyone else had experience, and apparently, the television show Roswell, which I've never seen. Uh, there was a whole scene where apparently it's a running theme where the kids go in the race room and make out. Now, of course, that didn't happen to me. And of course, it was elementary school, so yeah. it wouldn't happen anywhere. But, uh, but the and fact it's actually, it's a, a Twitter just, account, right. the eraser room, which 81 followers. Was, so, there, was there a chalk room? Uh, uh, and, and next to the eraser room. Well, you know, I don't think because chalk was just didn't need any kind of maintenance. It just uh, you, it would break. You know, you had the box of new chalk. Which right. Is Nobody ever tasked with putting pieces of chalk back together again. You know, I mean, I no. think that the, the, the fascinating. I get, I get what you're saying. Erasers, uh, instead of the clapping of erasers together, which is the the classic thing that we had to do, and it usually was a punishment. It was you have to stay in after school and, and, and we didn't really consider it. it it was forced labor and of course now would be uh, outlawed by the geneva convention yeah. but in those days we didn't know that we were being forced into labor <laughs> we we thought we were just clapping erasers together and and it is true if you're caught you're breathing in a lot of chalk dust and uh we can only hope that that's going to be you know that, that that there aren't any huge lawsuits in the future but uh well, because we had asbestos in the curtains in the auditorium, so that was the least of our worries. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, the the uh, uh, so what I'm saying, I guess, what I'm getting at is, I, I think you really have hit on one of the most unhappy jobs in the entire, probably in the world, but certainly in in the public school system, is the eraser cleaner guy who sat in a small eraser room waiting for kids to come in and just dump a dirty erasers. And then he goes yeah. about meticulously. Like I, I imagine him having a special jeweler's, um, you know, eyepiece uh, to, so he can examine erasers closer. And, then he, and he knows his erasers top to bottom. And he knows all the little, the, the terms for the various parts of an array of a, uh, a blackboard eraser. And, uh, and, and that he takes his job and he has to speak with a heavy accent and that he started his tradition, his, uh, his, um, uh, his profession uh, in, in Eastern Europe. Many well, he may have. Yeah, this guy, remember having some uniform, some maintenance guy uniform and, and maybe there was some other test, but I do believe the room said, I really did say the eraser. So I think uh, that was the main thing. And frankly, it kept him busy i guess and again i don't think i did the uh, uh, cleaning i think no it was this no guy. sounds like sounds like you you know what it sounds like that you had, were in a fancy school in our school there wasn't any eraser man who said or there was no eraser room you just had erasers sitting on the trough in yeah. a, a, a beneath a, a blackboard and that's where they sat and sometimes uh, you'd have to clap them together and that's because they were just so covered with chalk that they just smeared chalk around on the board. And they did. So. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I did go to a I was blessed. It was a public school, PS 195. But it was, uh, you know, good teachers and, uh, you know, for whatever facilities you'd have. We did have that eraser room and and it did have a, you know, a nice kind of uh, 50s uh, look to it. Uh, you know, called it a tragic though, school. is if it had an eraser room, but no gymnasium. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, actually, it didn't have a gymnasium. We had a, a playroom, they called it, really? and which was all purpose. And I think I even voted there as an adult, you know, many, many years it really later. It was an all purpose room. Yeah, it was just definitely, we had, you know, father and son night and, and all those kind of things. And so uh, I think later on, uh, they did a renovation and they did add a, a gymnasium, but we did, definitely didn't have one uh, when I was there. But it's, um, yeah, no, it's quite a story. Now, going back to chalk, though, you're talking about that. See, I didn't have a, a negative feeling about it. I, in fact, I marveled at, I thought, this must be fun to write in chalk. And, and actually, I think the few times I was allowed to write on the blackboard for some reason, it was exciting. Like, I'm getting to write on the blackboard. But, uh, and the ones who could do it well, as I said, I always looked up to them. You know, here's the other thing, too. Uh, I know that the, in, in the, the, the grandest, of chalkboard experiences are like the Einsteins of the you know who the physicists and 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 scientists who have to fill massive blackboards with all kinds of of uh, notations that we don't understand what they mean, right? And I I, I have a feeling that um, like that that's it, actually those chalkboards should be preserved. Because I again, I would worry. It's like if I'm Einstein, I'm standing in front of this big, or or let's say I'm not Einstein. Let's say I'm just Erwin Schrödinger. Let's say I'm a lesser known physicist, and I've got and I'm proudly. They always have these pictures of the you know with a chocolate filled with intricate notations. And but but wouldn't you be worried that some some uh, mischievous wag would go up and just start erasing things? <laughs> now what you know? And and and, and it's it's a uh, I'm not saying that that that's um, you know that that's going to happen or that it ever did happen, but it could happen, and I would worry it about it all the time that there's some yeah. mean person. Well, they were always in these... race your your, yeah. and then it's like E equals what did I say? E equals what? I just wrote it. Well, actually, or a jealous. Does anybody uh, remember what what I wrote? Uh, what E equals? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, why did you erase it? You know, Einstein, and then we'd see Einstein loses temper for the first time. We've never seen angry Einstein. No, no. Well, it could have been one of his colleagues, jealous colleagues, who was yeah. trying to get on it. It wouldn't be a student walking by. It would be one of his other people uh, who was who felt challenged by. It. And that is interesting because they always had these rooms where they're all sitting there and they're on the blackboard. These you know mammoth uh, math problems and and all that. And all it would take is erase one thing and it would throw the whole thing off so yeah, it, it completely uh, 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 it's just it's the most vulnerable state of any great theory is when it's just on a chalkboard and that's why I say I, I give thanks to the fact that we don't that we have pen and paper that's all I'm saying and and that we can just pick up a little pen and and scroll and it's more permanent and and you can uh, you know put a stamp put in an envelope put in a stamp that's all I'm saying I'm not yeah uh, well, and I think another thing is because we talk about, again, what didn't happen right. and what a testament it is, let's say it to mankind, that all these possibilities, otherwise we'd be telling stories. Oh, remember Einstein, well, he goes to square. That wasn't the first thing. He had sort of come up with it 10 years before, but then some guy erased it and it took him 10 more years to figure out what he had originally written. That would have been a story you'd always tell, but that didn't happen. That didn't happen. He wrote it and they go, oh, wow, yes, I've got it. How about this, Scotty? Your great-grandfather is not the guy who accidentally erased everything Einstein wrote on a blackboard because he was a janitor at uh, uh, Princeton University. <laughs> I, 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 forget about your great-grandfather. My great-grandfather didn't do that. 
Yeah. My yeah. great grandfather. So that's something I can I, I don't have to carry around with me. And people will say, hey, wait, isn't that the guy whose great grandfather erased Einstein's theory of relativity? And it took him 10 years. We're saying 10 years to come up with it. It could take 20 years. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah, yeah. No, and then, yeah, and they'd say, oh, well, what, can imagine what mankind could have accomplished it without those, that 10 or 20 year gap. And, and then you'd say, well, he was a janitor, he was just doing his job. And then they, you know, and you try to avoid it. And, and you try, you, you definitely would try to avoid it. And anytime anybody brought up the theory of relativity or Einstein or janitorial thing, things or racers, this whole conversation would make make me feel really uncomfortable if my grandfather had erased. Yeah, uh, and maybe it would even wind up changing your name. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. sad to say, I know, uh, but couldn't tired putting up with it. Yeah, I mean, just uh, yeah, Micklegruber, uh, huh? Are you the no? You change your name. You're right. You'd have to, and I would yeah. change the color of my hair. Uh, frankly, <laughs> uh, just just to you know, I don't even want anybody associated with the guy who erased can you imagine what a dope and then and then einstein comes in and he's usually you know everybody he's just this lovable uh, einstein he's a, but then he goes who did, who did who erased my work you know and then you're like oh shit einstein's angry like oh that, yes. that, would, that would freak me out oh yeah yeah and Even just if he wasn't angry, he said, me, I would freak me out. But if he, oh yeah, because he's, I would rarely got angry. You know, uh, you never know. Too scattered to be angry. Yeah, he's too scattered, too too involved in his in in math and science to really get mad. And and plus, he's always getting. What does he get mad about? He gets Nobel prizes. Everybody thinks he's. Yeah, and he's yeah. So this that would have been the time. And again, going back to I me, mean, the fact that uh, we certainly take for granted the paid the paper and and quill pen and all that and and everything that came after in the manual typewriter because literally if it all what about great writers uh you know well i'm gonna go got my blackboard and chalk and gonna check away here and then and then yeah a kid comes up and <laughs> i smeared it what did you do it you know any of that great line i mean fitzgerald maybe great gatsby would never have been written if you had to do it on a blackboard that's right and then, and in this alternate world that didn't exist, here's the other thing that, that, like, let's say you finally write your great novel, you know, your F. Scott Fitzgerald, and you've written it, and, and, and yes, kids come by, they erase what you wrote, and you have to write it again, and, you know, there's no, and then, okay, so then you take it down to the publishing place, and they go, <laughs> well, what do you want us to, you know, it, first of all, you've got a haul, I mean, we're talking, it, it's like writing on rock. Remember, we, we've talked a lot about chiseling on rock, but that makes much more sense because when you chisel words on rock, it's permanent. But, yeah. but when you, put, you write everything on blackboards, only on blackboard, in a world where that's the only way people can write, this is a real problem because now you've got to take, let's say you finished a, a, a book, let's say a typical book, uh, well, here's one by William T. Volman, Europe Central, okay? I take it off, the, the, and I look at it's 767 pages. Now, that's 767 blackboards, Scotty. Well, and, and, yeah, very least, because, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, if they probably they would have invented it to match up the page of a book. So, yeah, 767 blackboards. blackboards. You, you would need professional movers. Movers. Even then, they would charge a hefty stipend. Oh, you can imagine each each blackboard would have to be carried out into the truck. Now, this is so important. People say, 
people don't realize what, what, how good we have it. Well, now you can realize how good our life is. If, 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 if nothing else happens from listening to this podcast today, I hope people will go away with this feeling, a sense of tremendous happiness and relief. That we, oh, yeah. that, I mean, that we don't have to write on the blackboard all the time. Oh, incredible. And then, of course, you have to get the finest movers because if you got cheaper movers, they would just throw the slabs together and it would erase, it would smear oh, all these pages. So you hand to the publisher. Well, Scotty, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You've got to get movers that have special gloves and special skills so that they can list these heavy, because blackboards, I don't know if you've ever lifted one, they're heavy, and especially the bigger ones, the heavy, the, you know, and they have to do this without even rubbing against the, the, the chalk, and then they take it up. Now, uh, 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 once you get it to the publishing house, well, what are they going to do? They're going to have to just have, have, you know, because there's no such thing as printing presses in this world. So what do they do? They have to just copy it onto more blackboards. And so, and that's laborious. And it's very yeah, yeah. expensive. So if you want a book like, let's say, Europe Central by William T. Volman, that's 767 pages, that this is in just the moving of it alone will cost you a pretty penny, Scotty. Well, actually, it would be like works of art. They would be displayed in museums, books. Yeah. That's the only way you could see them. You could and it would have to be one book at a time per museum to spread out 767 large blackboards. And that's what it would be like going to the, I'm reading the book and, and the people would stand in the way. And it, 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 again, I'm just, it's out of breath with <laughs> relief that uh, that would be how you'd read a book. Now, in my case, it would be a little easier because <laughs> I, I don't read a lot, so I probably wouldn't go. So you I wouldn't, get yeah, you'd say to me, could you believe we have to read off of blackboards going, oh, is that how it works? <laughs> Because you know, I wouldn't really know, but you wouldn't know, but but you uh, or you just get uh, uh, about like into six blackboards and then you know you go do something else, which is really sensible because you're right, Scotty. If once you go, because you can't just take a book or you know on your iPad or, or an actual physical book and go off on your own and sit in a nice cozy nook. You know, everybody wants to be in that kind of nose cozy nook that's sort of like. You know, that, that kind of a, like little book nook that with windows and it juts out of a house and it's raining and you've got your yeah. book. No, there's no such thing as that. You have to go to the book museum where they have maybe four books. Like you, you could only fit, you would have to have a, 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 a museum the size of the Metropolitan Museum of Art and you could have maybe 17 books maximum yeah at a time and they guys they'd have to rotate it they'd give you rotate it and and, yeah and but you're right so people stand up and you're in all these other book readers and 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 then the ones that read out loud like that kills you like you're just standing behind and they're reading a chalk off a chalk blackboard and hopefully (laughs) nobody's erasing anything and that would make me nervous too that oh yeah oh right was that well of course they'll have the guards as they do now and i imagine they'd have to have it behind some kind of Glass, although that makes it harder to read. Yeah, uh, I think they'd have armed guards if in those days, because yeah. as you say, if you well, first of all, they would frisk you to see you're not bringing in a, a surreptitiously an eraser. I mean, that would be the biggest fear. Uh, that would be I, it. I mean, Worse than any weapon, it would be a weapon. Would be an eraser. You and, and, and there's it's not like you can go through a metal detector. Res, erasers are not metal, so no. of course they would have to frisk you and go very, you know. 
and, and it would take a while to make to prove that you don't have a small like sometimes people have like little tiny little like like there's Derringer guns, there's little Derringer erasers that are just, you know, little little ones that they can sneak in. Uh, 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 and then what do they do? They go right to the book and they start, uh, you know, and they start erasing and and uh, everybody and that ruins it for everybody. You've been imagine, Scotty, you've been standing in line reading. This, this is this is a, a, a um, this we ha let, we have to. Um, you know, this is something that we, we, we this is a teachable moment, Scotty. We have to be very, you know, I mean. Uh, be very clear-eyed about what we're talking about that hasn't happened and never will happen. Well, and this is something I never considered. I mean, yes, I must admit, I like like many of our listeners, I took it for granted that there was always paper and a pen of some kind. I mean, I thought that was just the basic right from the beginning yeah. of time, and that that was inevitable. But no, Tommy. I mean, if and it, it and we thank the people who made that possible. We could very easily have lived in a world where blackboard and chalk was the only way to write and think of how that would have changed everything and how we read things and view things and, and work on things. And, and it would literally, we've come upon the most consequential change that would have affected everything. You can't just, couldn't say, I'm going to take, I like to take my book to the park. Couldn't do that. No, only no it was, you'd have to arrange it with a, at least two enormous trucks. Van, yeah, like uh, big vans, and, and and to take your book to park. One van wouldn't be enough. It would be only for the rich, and it would be only for the rich. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and would uh, and even them, even then they would be there. You're you're still you know at the mercy, like we say, of the movers. Hope they don't accidentally erase anything. Oh well, yeah, this, this is this is absolutely true, Scotty. And I look around and I think I feel like I've awakened from a nightmare. And, 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 and I look at these books and I, I want to hug every, every every single book. And here's a book on Einstein. So funny. We were talking about Einstein. Yeah, there it is. Well, and it's so easy. It's it's there. And, and you could go on after this podcast and go to Amazon or oh, even bet walk to your neighborhood bookstore and get books. And there's no thought to it. Like, how am I going to carry this? These boards, slate boards home and you'd have to rent it yeah. because there's only okay. one. I mean, it's you don't have to think about anything. Just anything get the book. And that's uh, it. I hope I have enough warehouse space to, to keep the once I've read the, 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 the enormous uh, blackboard book. You know, where, where do you store it afterwards? Yeah. Bookshelves, yeah. Scotty, the bookshelves alone. Can you imagine oh. how how um, how heavy how strong they would have to be to hold blackboards, uh, blackboard books, which would be a, a, a 700 page, uh, 700 blackboard book. The, the groaning, uh, just the hearing, uh, listening to the, to the wood as it creaks under the heavy weight of your one book that you own. Oh, yeah. Well, and again, it would be for the very fortunate and few. And what would happen is, you would literally have to rent a slate each day, so you'd read one page, and then you have to wait for it to become available. It would, it would be it would take years to read a book, as is, is the case with me right now. But <laughs> um, but it really would have. It really we've just not again. I hate to say stumbled. We've no. purposely strided upon yeah. this monumental thing that we all take for granted and would have changed everything more than anything else. Yeah. Well, that's what we, we do at, at, uh, uh, here on getting through this is we, we think about, I mean, that's always been part of our philosophy is to creatively imagine uh, 
a world, for example, a world without rubber, you know, uh, a, 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 a world with nothing but rubber. You know, I mean, it, 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 the, the possibilities are enormous. But today, today we just dwelt on what it would be like if there's no such thing as pens and paper or, or printing presses or any or computers or typewriters or anything. Laptops, you know. Yeah. And there was just the, the, the nightmare, Scotty. There's no other way you can describe the nightmare world of only having chalkboard. Yeah, for the writer and the reader and the ne'er-do-wells who might try to erase at any stage oh, of the process. Those guys, you know, that, and, and what, what are they thinking? That, this is what gets me, Scotty. This is, this is why, you know, at the end of the day, you know, yeah, yeah, sure, it's great that, that this hasn't happened and that it would never happen, that how could it ever have happened? But still, you have to ask yourself, what is going on in the minds of the, of the, of the mischievous brats who would do something, who would erase F. Scott Fitzgerald's words or Einstein's theory of what, what, help me with that, Scotty. Yeah, well, again, you know, we're looking for some deep things. You know what? It's even sadder to acknowledge, as you say, it may just be a kid having a thrill. Hey, let's hang out with my fellas. Hey, what'd you do today? I went over to Princeton and erased Einstein's theory. That was fun. <laughs> and they're not, you know, they're not deep thinkers. They're not <laughs> trying to make us, you know, something about a statement about capitalism or government. No, they're just trying to have fun. And and again, Tommy, that adds to the relief, by the way. The more scenarios like that, yeah. th those people don't exist. There weren't kids who were trying to erase <laughs> Einstein and, and erase F. Fitzgerald and and it's it's really a miraculous. It's sad thing. to say, but Scotty, I'm glad that they don't exist. I mean, oh. sad to say that. I I I feel in in many ways guilty to to say that that I'm glad that some hypothetical uh, mean kids that would erase Einstein's theory of relativity. I'm glad that they don't exist. Does that make? Oh sense? no, I, Scotty, I agree. And actually, person. no. And the best way to to uh, be happy that they don't exist is to create a world where. They couldn't do it. So that's the beauty of it. Uh, think of the, the feeling we would have now if that was the world. Yeah, the whole, the anxiety. Every day you'd go, oh, I hope they don't go after Great Gatsby because it's the only one copy. Only one. That, that would be it. No one copies a blackboard. You can't do that. So I think of that. It would never leave us, that anxiety. Not just. I, I hope the, the people at, at the IRS uh, didn't erase my tax returns, yeah. which would be. Well, yeah, and you'd have to send it into them. And if it survives the delivery process, yeah. and even one number gets <laughs> smudged, and that's it. Scotty, that I, 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 you can hear it in my voice. The, 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 there's almost a jaunty quality in my voice uh, at, <laughs> at the end of, of, of this podcast. This has cheered me up. And, and I, I really was. I, was I, I wasn't in the greatest mood, but now I am in the greatest mood you can have. Just, just the fact that I'm looking at these books, uh, uh, hundreds of books on my bookshelf, and not a single blackboard groaning it, uh, 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 causing the, the wood to bend from it. No, and no worries that, you know, the, the woman may come in to clean your house. Very nice, very well-meaning. But you sort of said, please don't, uh, yeah, don't touch the, and she do what came naturally. She cleaned the blackboards. Oh. And, which by the way, that was, that was my job in PS 195. We did have somebody, students, to wash the blackboard. I do have a vague memory of that because to, to get it ready, you know, you couldn't just keep having the chalk. So you'd erase it 
but the eraser couldn't get it all off. So you'd actually have a put some wet stuff, I guess, just dip in with a sponge, and you'd actually I remember that washing the blackboard. I, I remember it too, actually. So, but Tommy, again, we pioneered this just to summarize that we create situations that are anxiety ridden, that it would be horrible, but and then bathe in the, in the luxuriate in the fact that. No, that's not the case. That's not the case. We have many other writing influence. You don't have to write on Blackboard and worry about it being erased at any step of the way forever. So we don't have to worry about it. And I'm just, I just feel so light. Uh, I'm not even wearing my Allbird and I'm floating on air. Me neither. Me neither. I'm, not, I'm, 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 I'm on sock feet and I feel yep. like I'm floating on air out of just pure happiness, Scotty. And, and, and also, I mean, just just to also be free of those mean kids, you know, like. Yeah, uh, they don't exist. They don't they exist. And never did. And they don't exist now. We don't have to worry about, them. Worry and, about them. And and I just hope our listeners kids. take this to heart, too, and and just breathe a sigh of relief and going, they're right. We don't have to worry about that. And E equals MC squared. And we know that we don't. Have and it's, no one's going to erase that. No. Great Gatsby is safe. It's it may it may take you twenty years to read it, but it's going to be waiting for you in crystal clear type. Yeah, Un, unsmudgeable. unsmudgeable. On that note, I mean, I I, I I I don't know. I just feel like like we, you know. I mean, I, I just I, I, I'm never more proud than when we create a, a scenario that could not possibly happen, and that we dive deeply into it and come out yeah. the other end with reality that much better and the relief that's cannot be computed it's it's that uh, there's so much to it and someday they will be able to, to to measure relief yeah well they have the relief meter it's a little primitive now now it's, it's now they will eventually be able to figure it out it's only for the rich oh no they, it's like the temperature checks Thermometers. you know they will they're going down in price but right now I wouldn't touch a relief meter. That they're, they're, they're not that good, and they're very pricey, as you say. But Tommy, what a relief it is, as they say. And um, and uh, and I hope they will be able care. to answer that question. What a relief, Scotty. Someday, when they yeah, when the relieveometers are are uh, are perfected, Scotty. On that note, I'm going to just say I I am going to continue being Tom Saunders. And on that very happy note, I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman, and we're getting through.